Alright, what's going on guys? Welcome back to the second episode of Kayfabe Culture. I am not with my co-host. I am doing the show solo this week, so we'll see how it goes. But either way, um, I'm excited to talk about some wrestling. This week, I was able to, to watch pretty much all the shows that I plan on watching. I watched Raw, I watched NXT, I watched AEW um, on Thursday because I recorded it on Wednesday, and I watched SmackDown on Friday. I also caught a little bit of uh, of impact. I really wasn't planning on watching it. I just saw it was on, and I, I checked it out for a little bit. But, um... Anywho, uh, let's get into this week of wrestling. Um, so this week on Raw, we were expecting to hear, you know, from from Randy Orton about why he did what he did last week to Edge. So, uh, I'll give you guys my thoughts on Raw this week. So I I thought that the um video package that they put together with the the whole edge and, and and randy story so far that it was really really good um wwe has I, I i would say some some of the most talented guys when when it comes to uh videography stuff and uh, uh video production and um editing and all, all that type of stuff their um video packages and stuff like that they always are, are great and i've always thought they were you know pretty pretty good just watching a um, video package alone can get you, you know, caught up and it, it can get you, you know, re really excited for something the way they produce their uh, video packages. And that that even even goes to, you know, stuff they do on the on the network. They really put great work into most of their video packages and, you know, stuff like that. I really like the uh, video package that they opened the show up with. After Randy came out and everything to give us his explanation of, of why he did what he did, he he got so much heat and he hadn't hadn't even said anything yet. So that alone, you know, it made me realize that Randy is about to be probably the most hated guy in WWE for the next uh, few months he got so much heat in in that segment and he didn't even give us an explanation every time he was about to say something the crowd would would get louder and just boo him louder which was great he ended the segment by just saying i can't do this and he walked away um but that that whole segment was pretty good it showed how much of a heel um, Randy is right now and it showed that that Randy can can do his job pretty well as a heel and and we already knew that but it also showed how much hate the WWE universe has for Randy right now so I'm pretty excited about where they're going with the story I'm looking forward to seeing what's next we don't know when when Edge is coming back or if we'll see Edge um we are kind of like in the dark and we have to wait and see every week to see what's going to happen so I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do and and how they progress the story on raw we also saw the the return of ruby riot Liv and lana was having a match and Liv defeated lana 
And after we saw the return of Ruby Riot, she played it off as if, you know, she was coming to just um, surprise Liv or just make her return in general. And you saw that, that Liv was excited to see her and, and all that type of stuff. So then with Lana st- still being in the ring, I pretty much expected that Ruby was, was about to attack Liv or something of that sort. So... Um, that's pretty much what we got. Ruby was um was in the ring and uh was face to face with Liv and she eventually did attack her. So it'll be interesting to see where they go with this. I'm thinking that they're gonna put Ruby with Lana or something, maybe. The only reason I say that is because Lana was one still in the ring and Ruby didn't really look at Lana or say anything to Lana, but at the same time, with Lana still being in the ring and she she didn't show any sign of, you know, nervousness or fear in the fact that she didn't know if if Ruby was was going to do anything to her. So, since she didn't, you know, show show any signs of fear or anything, I'm expecting that they're going to go down the road of Ruby is now with Lana or now she is protecting Lana or something like that. But I would also like to see them end the the whole feud with Lana and Liv and now uh, allow Liv to start this feud with, with Ruby. And I think they could do something with that. And it would be good for Liv because it would give her a actual good feud for her to show herself as a singles competitor um, because we haven't seen much since they they've brought her back because she's only been doing this this feud with Lana and um that haven't shown as much but I think if they put her in this feud with with Ruby then I, I believe they both can do great work together and we'll see both of them build each other in ring and character wise I think okay so Drew McIntyre had a match with <laughs> with Mojo Rowley, and um, it was just downright embarrassing, to say the least. Mojo got embarrassed, and Drew made a point to say he did his little promo, and then he was he was like, Mojo, I'll get to you in a second, but when I put this mic down, I'm going to Claymore you in three seconds, and the match is going to be over. And that is exactly what happened, and... Mojo just got completely embarrassed. He looked foolish even, you know, being in the match like that. So I, I wasn't expecting that, but I kind of was at the same time. But it's it's all right. Mojo is not really doing anything, even though he has the uh, 24-7 title. And I don't think he even needs that. I think R-Truth can get that back or, you know, somebody who, you know, is, isn't doing anything who has more potential than mojo or something you know i I don't i don't really see mojo as a top guy or or mid carter right now and that's probably just the way that they have have him booked but that's fine on raw we also saw angel garza uh debut on raw this week with uh, zelena vega so i'm guessing they put him with her because of um andrade being suspended and they wanted to wanted to continue uh the storyline that they already had going so i'm a fan of andrew garza so uh i liked everything that he did and 
I would say that he has a lot of potential and a lot of charisma, and he's great in the ring. I could see him sticking around a little bit on Raw, doing some matches with uh, Humberto and Ray or, or wh whoever they want to put him up against. And I can actually say that him and Zelina look good together. And Zelina looked great in that red dress. Uh, j just le let me say that. She looked amazing. But I can see Angel and Zelina being together for a minute, at least until Andrade gets back. But I like them two together. And even after Andrade gets back, and if they want to keep Angel Garza on Raw, I, I could see them two being a tag team and them doing, doing some great stuff with Zelina um, as their manager. But I think Angel Garza and Ray had a, a great match. I, I really enjoyed that match. And um, I hope they end up getting another match together. I think it'll help Angel Garza continue to get better. I would also say that they would need to figure out how they're going to use him because he was also on this week's episode of NXT and he had a match on NXT as well. And he's probably in the process of of going after uh jordan devlin to get his title back so i would say they just need to make a decision uh, on how they want to use him and not have him bouncing back from raw to nxt and so forth so that's my thoughts on that we also saw Rhea show up on on raw and we know that she ended up challenging charlotte for a match at wrestlemania um because charlotte hadn't made a decision because she she said she had already beaten Becky and she had already beaten Charlotte so then we saw Rhea come out and she challenged Charlotte for for a match at WrestleMania I don't know if I particularly like the fact that Rhea was the one challenging Charlotte I would have preferred Charlotte to just show up on NXT out of the blue and challenge Rhea but Either way, um, I like the direction they're going in, and I'll discuss it more when, when I start talking about NXT, but I like the direction they're going in. It's, it's something new, so we, we'll probably end up seeing, you know, a matchup we, we haven't seen, so that's good, but either way, you know, um, despite the fact that, that they didn't let Charlotte, you know, challenge her, I think it'll be good, and... I'm looking forward to it, and I'll, I'll discuss that more once I um, get on the subject subject of, of NXT. But uh, Alistair Black defeated Eric Young this week pretty quickly. My, my thoughts on that is that that whole scenario was fine, and I think it's time to you know get Alistair in a feud with somebody so so we can stop seeing the squash matches that that he's been doing every week. Last week he did a, a promo and said he was going to start knocking on on everybody else's door since no one was was knocking on his and, and he wasn't getting the, the competition that he wanted or something like that so i'm interested to see who they they put him in a feud with next and i think it's about time to you know start pushing alistair a little bit more in the direction that, that he needs to go alistair I would say is is one of the talented guys that has came up from NXT in the past couple years. I would say he, he is in that top tier of NXT talent that has came up. I feel like he can do great work with 
pretty much anybody on the roster. So I'm looking forward to seeing who they put him in a program with next. He did great work with Buddy, and they put on great matches. Um, but, you know, that ended. I think it's time for Alistair to take that next step and get with somebody else that's going to push him um, competition-wise and get him over a little bit more and, you know, get him on the, the right path to eventually, you know, be able to challenge for a title or or something. I don't I don't know what they have planned for him, but either way, I like what they're doing with him. They just need to stop the uh, squash matches and, and get them in an actual feud. Um, that's pretty much all I had in my notes to discuss about Raw. Now, I want to get into NXT really quick. This week on NXT, they started the show off by having uh, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne come out in their uh, Broserweight mobile. And they, they had the trophy with them as well. I like these two together. But I don't think that they should stay a tag team too long. I can see them winning the uh, tag team titles, but I don't see them having them an extremely long time because I feel like they both need to return to singles competition. But I do like them together. And I thought their promo from this, this Wednesday was uh, pretty cool. But we also saw Andrew Garza and Isaiah Swerve Scott in a singles match. And but like I said, I'm a fan of, of Angel, and I'm also a fan of, of Isaiah. So I knew that this match was going to be pretty good. But Angel Garza did end up defeating Isaiah, and it was a pretty good match, like I said. We also saw uh, Dominic, Dominic Dajakovic versus uh, Killian Dane. Uh, Dajakovic would beat Killian Dane and he would become the next challenger for Keith Lee and his North American title and we'll be getting that match at takeover. I'm 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 expecting that that match to be, you know, pretty good. They've given us great matches since they both came to NXT and I and I don't expect anything less. I think they'll deliver at takeover and um give us another match that we can talk about from them too um but i don't i don't see Dajakovic taking keith lee's title um right now we also uh saw a interview segment with finn and uh and johnny and they talked back and forth the uh one thing that stuck out to me was uh um when when johnny said that he wants to face the NXT Finn Balor and not the the Finn Balor that lost to Bobby Lashley seven, 17 times in a row or something like that. Um I I thought that that was pretty good. It it was it was funny. It was cool of him to add that in there and uh I'm looking forward to uh, their match at Takeover. Uh I don't know who is going to win. Um I would like for Johnny to to take it just because I'm a, a huge Johnny fan, but I, I I like Finn as well, so I don't know I don't know. So I'm looking forward to that. They may may end up still in the show at Takeover, so I can't wait for that match. After that, we saw a match with Mercedes Martinez and Casey. I feel like they should have gave uh, Martinez a, a different op- opponent 
just because Casey is just getting back on NXT and she was basically put in a squash match. But either way, you know, uh, that's fine. I feel like they they are going to push uh, Martinez pretty heavily. I think she'll she'll eventually be NXT Women's Champion uh, later on down the road. And I can see her having the same reign that Shayna did by having the title for a while and, and somewhat being kind of, you know, uh, this big badass that's unstoppable. But we'll just see how they continue to book her but i can see them going down that route another match that i wanted to talk about was jordan devlin and tyler breeze with jordan devlin now having the cruiserweight championship i think they're going to be having him on nxt nxt uk and 205 live so he's going to be defending that title on all three shows his match with tyler breeze this week it was great I have never seen Tyler Breeze compete to that level because, you know, he, he did go from, from the main roster where he wasn't being in those type of matches back to NXT where he was doing some, some good stuff with uh, Fandango. And, but, but now we may be getting to see him in these single matches where, where he'll be able to just show a little bit more of himself and that's pretty much what he did this week. It really stuck out to me. They had a great match, and I really didn't know how good Tyler Breeze was until I saw him with Jordan Devlin this week. He really impressed me, and I didn't know much about Jordan Devlin either because I don't watch NXT UK like that. So they both impressed me. I'm looking forward to seeing who all will end up challenging Jordan Devlin for that cruiserweight title so we'll just have to wait and see so the next segment that happened on NXT was the Bianca Rhea and Charlotte segment I was really looking forward to this I wanted to see what what Charlotte was going to be saying so off the bat I would say Bianca was the standout in this segment she really did great work with her promo, her facial expressions, and just her reactions and everything. Just the way she stood out in this segment really made me want to see a triple threat happen at Mania and not a one-on-one with, with Rhea and Charlotte. With all three of them being in the ring at the same time and them all having, you know, that that segment together and, and, and going back and forth, it really made me want to see a triple threat, and I hope that is what they end up doing um, because Charlotte didn't give us an answer this week. And I'm going to talk about the segment a little bit more just to dive into some, some things. We saw Charlotte try to disrespect Bianca by moving her out the way and stuff like that, and we saw the reactions that Bianca had and her facial expressions. Those alone were absolutely great and i loved it i'm a huge bianca belair fan but even if i wasn't it would be hard to not see that bianca has so much potential and charisma on the mic and in the ring 
we also got her popular line now that that she says um you don't even go here so that was cool then to end the segment since charlotte was disrespecting uh bianca Rhea then stepped in and she was like okay here in NXT we stick together uh, because we are NXT we then saw Rhea and Bianca do that face buster or whatever you want to call it and that's pretty much how that segment ended with us not getting an answer from Charlotte so with us not getting the answer uh, I would say that we may end up seeing something happen at TakeOver Portland with charlotte maybe interrupting um the nxt women's title match i would like to see that and maybe that lead to the triple threat that everybody is wanting now but we'll have to wait and see hopefully they 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 book it correctly um i wouldn't be disappointed if they didn't go with the triple threat but i would love for them to and if they did do that i would love for Bianca to win the title at Mania and at least have one title run. I don't think that would hurt Rhea by any means because Rhea is so young and I feel like she's going to be on NXT for a while. So even if she did lose it at Mania, she wouldn't be hurt by it. And even if she she lost it at TakeOver, I don't think it would hurt, hurt her that much. I definitely would like to see Bianca win that title if not at TakeOver then at Mania but at some point I think she needs to win a title but I'm a fan of, of Rhea as well so you know that's fine either way they decide to go and in in our main event on NXT we saw Undisputed Era versus uh, Tommaso, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne that main event was was uh, pretty fun the biggest takeaway from the main event was a uh, velveteen dream returning and he had been out I think since maybe like october so of course he would uh, return and try to get his revenge on uh, roddy strong who took his north american championship and one interesting thing about about the way he returned was his tights. It took me a while to notice while I was watching, but on his tights he had a Marina Shafir's face and her and Roddy's son face on on there as well. That statement along with the tights, it should get Roderick Strong, you know, a little irritated and mad you know, and, and, and try to try to go after Velveteen just for that alone. But I'm glad Velveteen is back. I was expecting him to maybe make his return at the Royal Rumble, but that didn't happen. So I, I didn't know when they were going to have him back. Um, but he is finally back. And since Roderick Strong doesn't have the North American title anymore, uh, I guess they'll have their feud and we'll see how long that goes. I don't expect it to last too long because Roderick doesn't have the title anymore. So Velveteen isn't going after the North American title that, that he once held. I can see Velveteen and, and Roderick having their feud for a minute and then Velveteen going after Keith Lee maybe to get the uh, North American championship back. Maybe I, I can see that, but we'll have to see. I'm going to also discuss my thoughts on AEW 
really quickly before I get into SmackDown. First off, Chris Jericho, he is one of the greatest. He is a GOAT in his own right. And watching AEW and the way the crowd sings along to his theme song, which is him and his band, you know, it's it's kind of crazy and, and great at the same time. Like, it says something to to how good Chris Jericho is. He has continued to reinvent himself uh, no matter what company he has been in. He did it with uh, WWE and he's done it with New Japan and now with AEW. And it, it just shows to him as a performer of how good he is. And I'm enjoying his feud with John Moxley, and I think it'll be good. I'm not sure if I think John Moxley will will take Chris's title at Revolution. Uh, I don't know yet, but if he does, I think it'll be fine. And if Chris retains, I, th I think it'll be fine too. I am leaning towards a side, but at the same time, I think either way it'll be cool. We saw Moxley spike Santana in the aisle with uh, those car keys, and I thought that was unexpected, but expected. Um, so so now he is going to try to get every member of the inner circle and probably stab them in the eye with car keys, maybe, um, just to take out everybody's eye because Chris Jericho took out his. I, I can see him doing that. I'm really interested to see how they continue the whole story with with hangman and uh kenny and the young books as we've seen the the past few weeks or so hangman doesn't particularly care to be involved with the elite and even with kenny even though they have the tag team titles it's like he's showing a, a nonchalant attitude and he doesn't really care like he does the matches but you can you can just see in his attitude is it's like he doesn't want to be there at times and when he he is there it, it's like he wants he wants to pretty much do everything himself we've seen in the past couple of weeks that he wants to be the one who finishes the match that he's in and we saw that this week by him not tagging either of the Young Bucks in, he decided to finish the match himself. And you could tell that, that the Young Bucks were like, you know, why didn't you tag us? And Hangman was like, whatever. He had a, a nonchalant attitude. He didn't care. He then continued to go outside of the ring and, you know, drink some beer. And then a little bit after that, later on in the show, they had that backstage interview and uh, the Young Bucks were, were talking to him and he had a beer in his hand. And then they they took that beer from him and he had a picture in his hand. So I'm interested to see how they continue to tell the story. It's looking like Hangman may be going down the the wrong road and he is now on the verge of becoming an alcoholic or a beer addict shall i say he is drinking a lot of beer and that may be something that they're planning on you know continuing to uh, progress in the story so i'm interested to see how they tell this uh, the big takeaway from this week's 
episode of AEW was, of course, the the uh, uh, ten lashes that Cody Rhodes had to take from MJF, and I really enjoyed the segment. It's something that I haven't seen. I don't think I've, I've ever seen anything like that, and it's it's something that I enjoyed, and I also liked how we eventually got Arn Anderson out to the ring and then then we got Dustin and then the Young Bucks came out and then we eventually got Brandy right at the end and it made a statement to something that Cody said uh probably a few weeks back he was saying that he really didn't have anybody at that time because Dustin was trying to get his revenge on the uh, inner circle for uh, um, breaking his, his arm or whatever. He was busy with that whole thing, and then Brandy was busy with the Nightmare Collective, and then the Young Bucks, they were with Dustin some, and they were going after the tag team titles at, at the time as well, I believe. So his whole circle was busy doing other things, so he wasn't really being helped in that situation so it was it was nice for for them to you know show up when when he really needed them to be there they showed up you know to encourage him and and stuff like that and make sure he pushed through those lashings to make sure he gets the the match at revolution but overall i think aew was pretty good this week and NXT as well. I really enjoyed both shows, and I'm I'm looking forward to next week. We have the Go Home show for Takeover Portland, and I think we have probably like two weeks before uh, Revolution. So I'm interested to see what they do on both shows to uh, progress everything that's going on. But let's talk about SmackDown. SmackDown is somewhat disappointing me. Um, and I'm not surprised, you know, it's it's whatever. But my disappointment with, with SmackDown is because we have Raw giving us these good stories and they're giving us something to uh, look forward to. And they seem to be building up to Mania. But when you look at SmackDown, SmackDown isn't building up to Mania. They haven't started any feuds or anything for Mania. They are still doing the stuff they they were doing last month leading up to the Rumble and now they are pushing the uh, Saudi Arabia show. Okay, that's fine. That's WWE's next next big show coming up, but it's not one of their major pay-per-views, so I wouldn't say they should be spending all their time on that when we have Elimination Chamber coming up and we have Mania. So they at least should start planting some type of seeds for Chamber or Mania um, because that that's what Raw is doing. Raw is, you know, slowly building up to what we'll see at Mania. So uh, this week on SmackDown, we saw the return of the um, dirt sheet with Miz and Morrison, which was cool. I, I thought their uh, uh, movie trailer was pretty cool, and that was fine. I, I didn't have any issues with it. I thought it was kind of funny. But Corbin and, and Roman, they seem to be getting one more match to 
end their their whole feud. I thought it was gonna end last week when Roman finally got you know his his revenge by getting Corbin with all the uh, dog food. So I I was expecting that to be the end, but now Corbin is saying he wants one more match, and now they are booked for a match at Super Showdown in a steel cage. I hope that that will be the end of their whole feud and we don't have to see them two together any anymore at this point they've been you know feuding for like two three months i'm tired of it it's 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 boring to me and i don't understand why they're still working on it um but hopefully that is about to end after the show in saudi arabia we also found out that goldberg is now challenging the Fiend, Bray Wyatt, to a title match at Super Showdown. I'm not really sure why they decided to bring Goldberg back for this match. I guess it was just to, to give, you know, Bray something to do before the Elimination Chamber or, you know, just have him in some type of story before those pay-per-views coming up. But that's fine. Uh... I don't understand why they had to bring Goldberg back. I do, um, just because it's Saudi Arabia show. I can I can see them because they they uh, re uh, request you know wrestlers or something like that sometimes. So that's fine. Okay, they 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 can have that match, but I'm I'm not really looking forward to it, and you know I, I'm not even sure I'll watch the. Uh, Saudi Arabia show uh, depending on what day is coming on and the time and all that type of stuff and what I'm doing but it's not really something I'm, I'm looking forward to but I, I did think the Flyer Fire Funhouse segment was, was pretty cool and they they did it a little bit different um, than than they, they, they normally do it this week it was like a news segment and, and you saw Bray in his, his uh, suit coat and his, his tie and stuff like that so i thought that was pretty cool um and i like i like that segment on smackdown this week we also saw otis was in preparation for his date next friday with manny rose which happens to be uh, valentine's day so we saw him you know trying to lift weights a little bit and just just get prepared and we saw him also uh trying to learn how to how to get proper uh table etiquette when being out to eat or whatever the otis and mandy story is one of the only things i like about smackdown right now i'm looking forward to to seeing what happens next week i'm expecting something that that's not expected i don't expect that date to, to go well and if it does then great if Otis does well on the date and impresses Mandy, then I think that's good for him. And, hey, if they, they end up being together, then, hey, that's great. Sheamus and Apollo Crews had a match this week, and Apollo Crews was basically squashed in a matter of seconds. I don't think they should be they they should do that to Apollo. I think Apollo has, you know, great potential as as an in-ring performer and I think he he could be doing so much more than being squashed to Sheamus. If they want to make Sheamus look strong since he he hasn't been back for a while, they can do that with some extra talent or uh something like that. I don't think they should be using guys like Apollo who could be used 
in a way better way than than that. That's my thoughts on that match. And our main event for SmackDown was the Fatal Four Way Women's Match to determine Bailey's ne- next opponent. We had uh, Alexa Bliss in that match. We had Carmella, Naomi, and Dana Brooke. I'm a huge Alexa Bliss fan. I'm a Carmella fan as well. So Alexa was who I wanted to win the match, but I was pulling for Carmella as well. But that is just the fan side of me. Um, But since Naomi is fresh off her return and she was getting a lot of buzz on uh, social media from her return and everything last week, I was expecting them to go with her for this match, which I would have been fine with because she is fresh off her return and it would put her back in the title picture and give us a new matchup that, that we haven't seen. But they ended up going with Carmella and that that's fine too because Carmella hasn't been, you know, on TV much lately and it is something fresh that we haven't seen. I think if they build it right, I'm not sure when they plan on having this match. They didn't say it could be at the Saudi show or it could be on SmackDown in a couple of weeks or something. I'm I'm not sure when, when they plan on having it, but depending on how how long they uh drag it out i would like them to you know really tell the story um the way it, it should be told since carmella and bailey are close friends they came up in nxt together and they've been close since then so if they are gonna spend some time with that story i would like them to address that and everything like that and help the story build and build it properly but like i said i'm not sure when they are uh, planning to have that title match so it it could be you know next week on smackdown or something like that um or they could do it in in uh in saudi arabia but either way I, I would like them to you know address their friendship and you know and not just throw the match together and you know and put it on smackdown um and that pretty much was everything that happened this week overall it was a pretty good week I enjoyed Raw, NXT, and, and AEW, and SmackDown was okay. The The only thing that I liked from SmackDown this week was the, the Fatal 4-Way and Otis's, uh segment, and the Flyer 5 Funhouse was was cool, and the uh, Dirt Sheet segment was, was cool as well. So uh, that was this week. That's going to be it for this week's episode, guys. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed. I know I'm alone this week so you just had to had to listen to me but i hope you guys enjoyed hearing my thoughts and all that you can follow me on twitter and instagram at dirty underscore dukes that's d-i-r-t-y underscore d-u-k-e-s you can follow the podcast at kayfabe culture podcast on instagram and at culture kayfabe on twitter also I'm going to be at WrestleMania this year, and I just bought my tickets for access this week, and I was was hoping to get Edge. That was my main focus, and of course, Ticketmaster was complete hell. I didn't end up getting them, even though I got on Ticketmaster 
like 30 minutes earlier and I waited and I waited for the pre-sale to start and I uh, started putting in the pre-sale codes and of course Ticketmaster wanted to be crap and everything started messing up so I, I wasn't able to get Edge so I really thought I was not gonna be getting a, a Edge ticket so I, I decided to try again Friday when the tickets went on sale to the general public and Ticketmaster ended up starting to sell 30 minutes earlier and I already had my computer up on Ticketmaster but I was downstairs and I wasn't in front of my computer so when I found out that the tickets went on sale earlier Edge ticket was available and then I clicked on it to try to buy it then it just wasn't available like out of the blue so I was upset again that I couldn't get Edge but fortunately like 20 or 30 minutes after that somebody end up selling me an extra edge ticket that they had so i'm gonna be meeting edge at access which i still can't believe i'm, I'm pretty excited and i also uh bought tickets to meet uh rhea ripley and keith lee i'm looking forward to mania um i i pretty much have my whole schedule intact give or take a few things but i can't wait i'm i'm counting down the days till i get ready to leave I'm expecting it to be one hell of a show, and it's going to be a great week. I, I can't wait to get to Tampa. This is my first time going to Tampa, so it's going to be fun. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll talk to you guys next week. I'm not sure if I'll have my co-host back, but I'll see you guys next week. Peace out.